Hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Your home for Irish folklore, mythology and all things storytelling. Yes, that's right. It's episode 60 of our podcast. I'm Cece and today I'm joined by the wonderful Mark. How are you, Mark? I'm good and I actually I like that I'm joining you because I get sick of hearing my voice first when I listen to these podcasts. I get sick of hearing your voice as well. That's fine. There are other jobs out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, episode 60. I know, uh, I know. Have you listened to all of them? Be honest. I'd say I've listened to about half. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's Paddy, of course, doing the story today. And, you know, we come into this and we, we prattle on and some of the people listen just go, give me the story. <laughs> just give me the story. And that's the great thing about not being live. You can just scan forward. But, um, Some days, though, when I listen to our podcast, I just listen to the conversation bits because I'm like, I miss you guys. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> that is disgusting. Uh, but yeah, there's a change in stories at this time of year, I find. Yeah. Our podcast takes on a, a shadowy form at this time of year because obviously we've just, we've just moved into the dark half of the year. Mm. We've just celebrated sound. We're still celebrating sound, but we just finished up with our... Uh, with our our special show Vintage Halloween that we did in the museum yeah. and it was a massive success but it was because you've obviously been kind of in the museum now for about eight months or so yeah I and have. you stepped up to doing one of the main stories from, from it Vintage was, Halloween it was so much fun and it was my first time kind of actually having like a big part in something or even having a big role inside of the museum for anything well i mean when you so, do your tours you are the star of your own tours it's just you but but i know what you mean as, yeah. as part of a bigger machine yeah um we'll actually we won't talk too much about the story you did for vintage halloween because maybe our next podcast we'll we'll have you tell your story Maybe, maybe. There is another one that I'd love to tell, but then again... I know, but you are just going to do what you're told. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you are my boss. (laughs) (laughs) You said you are my wife there for a second. You're that too, but they don't need to know that. No, they don't. Uh, But, yeah, so Paddy's telling the story for this one. And when you listen back to some of Paddy's episodes, they tend to be the big epic sagas with all the, you know, the big names. Yeah, it's nice to see him do something lighter. It is is light, and it's it's a proper folktale. It is, you know? yeah. And, and usually that seems to be Lenny's wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Lenny myself. But Paddy does it in such a way that, I mean, no one else tells stories like this like Paddy. No, you know? no. There's something about Paddy's voice that just gives anything a level of grandeur. I'll still hear from the story they're about to listen to. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. happens when, when you think you're that important. Everything you say sounds <laughs> that important. Well, no, that's without, just carry people in general. Well, without further ado... Uh, we will jump straight to the story okay. uh, and then we will come back. But the story is Paddy uh, telling the story of the Silver Ladle. So enjoy. Ooh. I hope you've got it. Yeah, it's not that spooky. <laughs> uh, but enjoy the story and then come back to us afterwards and we'll have a few things to say. So enjoy. Moira and McConnell lived the entirety of their lives in the small parish of Ballinhasig in County Cork. They were getting on in years and now in the winter of their life they found themselves in a very tough situation. Poverty stricken, 
down to their last cow. They sat down that evening in the dim light of a single candle, and they agreed to sell the cow the following day at market so they'd have enough to eat for the winter. Mick began the long walk into the market town very early in the morning, and he was delighted when he arrived to find the cattle were fetching a high price that day. He sold the beast in no time at all, and he decided to congratulate himself for his good fortune by going into the pub for just one drink. Now, as everyone in the whole world knows, an Irishman is incapable of going into the pub for just one drink. One drink turned into two, then some friends he hadn't seen in years arrived. Two into three, three into four. But before too long, Mick McConnell was well and truly plastered. He wobbled out of the pub that evening, and as he's leaving the market, he sees on one of those stalls a beautiful pair of leather shoes. He looks down at his tattered brogues, and he decided that since he worked so hard, he deserved a new pair of shoes. When he got home and Moira saw that her husband was A, very drunk, and B, had spent the last of their money on a new pair of shoes, oh, she went blue in the face with rage. She began to beat her husband around the back of the head, saying, Mick McConnell, what were you thinking? What will we eat for the winter? Like many otherwise good-natured people, Moira had to have a long walk to cool off. She's walking the roads around Ballonhasig, and she's passing one of the bushes when suddenly she hears a faint tapping sound. She is a very curious woman. She can't help herself. She approaches the bushes, she opens them wide, and there before her, she could hardly believe her eyes, was a tiny man making a tiny pair of shoes. She reaches out, she grabs the leprechaun, she shook him, she said, Give me your pot of gold, or I will starve this winter. I have no pot of gold, Myra McConnell, but I'll tell you what I'll do for you. I'll grant you three wishes. Myra was delighted. Three wishes was even better than a pot of gold. But she'd have to have a long think about what to wish for. So she tucked the leprechaun into the pocket of her apron and she walked back through the town. She's passing one of those shops that was in every village in Ireland at one stage. The shop that sold everything. You couldn't put your finger on exactly what they'd be called because they sold everything from nuts and bolts and screws to packets of cornflakes. In the window of the shop, she sees this beautiful silver ladle. She's never owned any gold or silver at any point in her life. She can't help herself. Out loud, she says, Oh, I wish that silver ladle was mine. Granted, said the leprechaun. And sure enough, the big silver ladle disappeared 
from inside the window and it reappeared in her hands. She was terrified that someone would think she had stolen it. So she ran home as fast as she could and she slammed the front door behind her. Then Mick saw his wife with the big silver ladle and he was furious. Moira, you old hypocrite, giving out to me for buying a new pair of shoes. You knew my shoes had holes in them and every time it rained the water would soak into the shoes and make my socks all damp. And every time my socks got damp, I got a cold. And every time I'd a cold, I was in bed sick for a week. And every time I was in bed sick for a week, there was no work done around the house. What would we use a silver ladle for anyway? Sure we've no food. Oh, Mick, said Moira. Stop. Please stop. I'm so, so tired of listening to you complain. That's all you do morning, noon and night is whinge and moan. I'm sick of it. I wish this silver ladle was round right up your arse. Granted, said the leprechaun. And sure enough, the big silver ladle disappeared and it reappeared well and truly wedged up her husband's backside. Moira had to have a long think about what to do next. She sat down in her favourite chair and she sipped from a good strong cup of tea while her husband bucked and leapt around the house in pain. She supposed that she did love him. Sure, they fought all the time. That's an Irish marriage for you. At the end of the day, she couldn't think of anyone in the world whose opinion mattered more to her than his. She couldn't think of anyone who she would spend quite so much time trying to change the mind of. So, as strange as it might seem to some, Moira McConnell used the third of her wishes when she could have wished for anything in the entire world to remove a silver ladle from her husband's backside. Fortunately for them, they were able to sell the silver ladle the following day at market. They got enough coins together. They had plenty to eat for the winter. They even bought some chickens. You could almost say that Mick and Moira McConnell spent the rest of their life happily ever after. But the thought always rattling around in the back of my head is who the hell bought the silver ladle? Maybe there's an antique silver ladle in your house. Maybe it was passed on by some well-meaning aunt or a mother-in-law just trying to clear out the house. Look askance at it the next time you see it. And be sure to give it a thorough wash before making the soup. (laughs) 
So there we go. I think one of Ireland's most beautiful love stories. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Not any level of dysfunction there at all. No, no. It is amazing, like, because Potty obviously addresses it, like, kind of how she realises, like, he's her person. And it is really, like, a sweet story. Is it? It kind of reminds me of the couple from um, Father Ted. Where they're constantly trying to like drown each other and stuff like that. But I I think it's sweet because she literally could have wished for for anything within reason. Because of course there's always the rules which we'll talk about in a moment about Mm -hmm. making wishes. But um, she wishes for a silver ladle. That's fair. That's fair. She wishes for the the ladle. I'm going to say how it should have been said. And I don't want me to criticise Potty. But she wishes for the ladle to go up his arse. And and Potty is too classy to say arse. Backside. Backside, um, and then realise that she doesn't, so she wishes for it to. I mean, she could have saved the wish and just gone to A and E, or she could have. No, actually, we can't put that in the podcast. No, that's true. <laughs> that's right there. We'll let you guys fill in the gap for that bit there. But but it is actually it's it's got a similar format to some other stories like Bottle Hill and stuff like that. Oh, it definitely does. And I think what's what's great about that is that it's not that stories are kind of like ripping off each other, but that is what relationships are like. Like remove the magic from that story and they're facing hardships and, you know, situations that a lot of people would have faced. And a lot of people today face, obviously, in a different kind of landscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like still not an excuse to shove a silver ladle up your husband's Well, she arse. didn't shove it up his arse. Uh, she wished for it to be up there. The mechanics. I mean, Paddy has a beautiful tone and is great at describing it. But I'm, I'm almost grateful that he didn't go into too much detail with it. Yeah, well, otherwise it wouldn't have been allowed on the podcast. We would have to save yeah. it for our special. Like we'll have to do. A, we have to uh, do a Darkland podcast. We have to do a Darkland yeah. podcast at some point. For those of you that aren't familiar, in the museum we do like telling our stories, but we also have Darkland, which is our over eighteens. Darker kind of offering on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday nights, and that's a chance for us to. <laughs> Was that whisper necessary? I think it added to the atmosphere. Okay, um, and of course, uh, yeah, that's where we get to stretch our legs, as I said, on the stories. But this this is a lovely, sweet story. It's very typical. Um, but Paddy, when Paddy does the voices, that is a million miles away from the boy I met seven years ago who came up yeah. to the front of the museum. Oh, 100%. Well, actually, no, I wasn't here seven years ago. No, you yeah. weren't seven <laughs> years ago, but uh, it's very different. But it is, it is nice when you tell stories like that because he just has such a quality. And uh, and it's set in Cork. It's strange for Potty to tell a story that... Isn't from Kerry. Yeah, or yeah. It didn't at least reference Kerry. So we've now said it three times. So I think that's the quote I met for... Uh, Potty still gets his commission from I can do. From the, I can do a whisper. No, well, let's not do that. I'm finished with you whispering. But here, let's look Gary, at... Gary, Gary, Stop that. Let's look then at the whole idea of wishes. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, because it's such a big trope within fairy tales, within folk tales, but there are some rules around wishes. And it's the first mm. one is always you can't wish for more wishes. Yeah. Um, when you get and start looking at stuff about the the gin, like the the yin, the genies, mm-hmm. uh, as as another form of uh, wish granters, you can't wish to bring anyone back from the dead, you can't wish to kill someone, you can't wish for someone to fall in love with you, no matter how you might want them to. But 
Yeah, it's like if you were granted three wishes right now, what would you wish for? Um, I think I would wish for my own home. Okay. Dogs. Uh, they no. exist already. Just, just I know. But I, I would wish to own a Chewini. Have you ever seen a Chewini? No, and it, and as much as I love animals, and I do, that sounds awful. What is a Chewini? A Chewini is a Chihuahua mixed with a Dachshund, a wiener dog. So they're Chewinis. People should really stop interfering. Um, These are well. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who studied animal care, I would be inclined to disagree with the idea of designer breeding. But as somebody with eyes, I love Chewinis. You do, I I get it. I I don't want to picture it, but it's very Island of Dr. Moreau. Have you ever heard of this? No. It's it's an old, it's a book and a movie, and uh, it was an island where he's experimenting on making monsters and creatures. It's a great, it's a great horror. Mm. Um, Sorry, so you've got your own home. I've got my own home. Where is it, by the way? It's out the country. It's in Tipperary. Oh, your commute to work's going to be tough. Um, Not any tougher than it is at the moment. That's fair. Uh, um, a Chewini, your own home in Tipperary. And what is your wish number three? A good car to get me in and out from work. Okay. Um, I'm not going to bring any kind of practical element to this, which no. makes all of those things unreasonable requests. I'm just going to leave you with your... Your little fantasy wishes. Why? What's what's so bad about my wishes? Um. Oh, first of all, I mean, if you'd wish for money, you could have bought loads of those dogs. Um. <laughs> well, could have just wished for enough money to buy the house and all that as well. You would have saved you basically everything you wanted. You could have gotten with money, which just shows me that you're a capitalist swine. Uh, <laughs> but also, I mean, I did buy an Apple Watch last week. You did, and it's there, glaring at me, already filthy. Um, it's not filthy. Um, it is. Let the record show, my Apple Watch is gleaming. We're not getting sponsored by Apple, by the way. Cause stop mentioning them. Um, <laughs> just another type of fruit. But um, you wanting a good car to get you back and forth. Can you drive? I can. Well. I, I can drive a tractor. I'm assuming it's not too different. Uh, do you, can you legally drive a tractor? Do you have a license? I have course? my learner's permit. Okay. I will take down the L plates like teenagers have been doing for generations. No, I won't condone that. I won't have you driving up to work uh, illegally. Uh, be responsible. Fine, I'll get the train. Okay, well, listen, I'm just, you've, you know, it'd be wasted on you. I, it's suddenly her request for a ladle and then the ladle to go up her husband's arse and then to remove the ladle from her husband's arse seems less problematic now that I've heard your wishes. Um, it's not like I wished for anything illegal. Okay, no, that's, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, listen, listen that's, that's grand. So, yeah, what no would you to- wish for? Oh, I'm not going to say world peace and that because I wouldn't mean it. It wouldn't be sincere. Um, I would, um, I would like a, a a maintainable tunnel between Ireland and Europe uh, for direct uh, train travel. That's fair. Uh, I would wish for all plastics to be removed from the ocean. Okay. And I would. Oh, I'll rake of cash, let's be honest. I want to buy myself some stuff. So, do you know what? I'd be happy with... I'd be happy with a million. million euro. 
I could get the things that I want uh, and not have so much money that I suddenly become even more unbearable. To be honest with you, I'm fairly content anyway. Um, I love my job, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the podcast, you know, but I've, I've had a lot of jobs over the years. I've worked in advertising, I've worked as a printer, and, and even though this place can be stressful at times, it still gives me all the, all the things that I need. Uh, yeah. I recently talked about how I just want to be comfortable, and when I say comfortable, I don't mean financially comfortable yeah. as such. Course. I mean, I like comfy clothes. I like surrounding myself by people who make me comfortable. Um, yeah, for me, it's all about kind of like comfort and yeah. So, I, I'd like to think I'd I'd have some like big big ass wishes, but but no. Yeah, no. I think I think my wish is kind of reflected that in a very capitalist way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't wish for anything mad. I didn't say, oh, I'd love a mansion. I said, I'd love a house. You did, yeah. you did. I um, think if, given that this is party, I'm going to speak on party's behalf and, uh, and and what party's wishes would be. So I think uh, party would definitely wish for a cake that <laughs> when you cut the cake, slice of the cake... It replenishes. It, repl- it never yeah. got less. He does love a cake. I think his only issue would be the flavour of the cake. I think as he cuts the cake, if he says a flavour... Yeah. That would be a, because it, if we're gonna go magical with this. Yeah, I think you know? party would love a replenishing flavor change in cake. You could use the pot of plenty, um, the that magical Irish pot that never runs out of food, because whatever you put into it is continuous. So you could fill that now with some nice rhubarb and custard. I feel like party would prefer the cake. He absolutely would yeah. prefer the cake. I feel like party would wish for a Milky Way bar. Ah, uh, that's a controversy that we can't go into on the podcast. I've already had to edit edit this, uh, CC, and I'm, we're not getting into the Milky Bar debacle. I, do you know what I'll do is, uh, when you tell your story, I'll grab Lenny and Potty to do the podcast around your story, and they can thrash it out. What I love about this podcast, and this isn't just to you, CC, this is actually to the people who are listening to this, if they haven't already switched off, is we do make a podcast for the people who come into the museum. We do, yeah. They are, are, you're our kind of people. And I can only imagine that if you're someone who's never visited the museum or, you know, as this is your first tasting uh, of the museum, that this might be quite surreal. But if you've been in the museum or you know someone that's been in the museum, it makes an awful lot more sense. Of course, yeah. No, I often have people come up at the end of my tour and be like, oh my God, you guys have a podcast. Do you tell stories on it? I'm like, I haven't yet, but there are amazing people. And I think Pawdies is a huge example of that as probably the longest. Not Well, obviously you're a storyteller as well, but... Thanks, long- thanks for that. <laughs> I live for that validation. <laughs> um, but the longest one who isn't our manager. That's really, I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's fine. I'll accept that. I mean, I was yeah. telling 12 years ago. What age were you 12 years ago? I was eight. You were eight when I was telling my first stories in this museum. How wild is that? I know, and here we are recording a podcast together. I know, and it annoys me because in many ways you're better than me. With that in mind, because I know you'll be uncomfortable with that and want to address that, so I'm not going to give you the opportunity or the breath. Um, I'm going to have to say thank you to everyone. And, and listen, because I think we've come to the end of our podcast. They've gotten yeah. our babbling our yeah. insight they know what we'd wish for and how ultimately unimpressive it is mm-hmm. and most importantly they've gotten a little slice of party's delicious storytelling cake yeah yes yeah, a romantic story to rival the greatest love stories ever told well i mean romeo and juliet went down as one why can't this it absolutely mainly because romeo and juliet didn't have a couple where one of them wished for a silver ladle <laughs> to go up the bottom that's so party loving yeah, 
Romeo and Juliet had a lot of controversial things. They did. This is all yeah. sweet and innocent in comparison. Well, listen, Cece, thank you so much for joining me and allowing me to join you. Thank you for having me and thank me for having you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and listen, thanks to everyone for for listening. Uh, we'll have another po- podcast coming out soon. You can of course go and check out our YouTube channel. You can go onto our Instagram and look at what we're up to. You can engage with us on on Twitter, if that's your platform of choice. I am judging you though, and uh, you can of course come in and visit us in the museum. Uh, you've been a wonderful audience, and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for another episode of the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Remember, the best way to support us is by liking, subscribing, and sharing with a friend.